Hello, this is Pastor Sam Velez, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our service. We hope you enjoy this message today, that it blesses your life and your families. We love you. We're calling this, What Child Is This? What child is this? Because, and I, like I said in our tra- time of transition, it's very easy for me and you to be me-centered during December. Because we were looking at, man, this is what I want for Christmas. This is what I'm hinting to to my wife. I'm hinting this to my husband. This is where my kids are bothering about. And it, be, it becomes very me-centered. And we get caught up with it. And there's nothing bad with Christmas. Buy as many gifts as you want. You want to buy me a gift? You can buy me a gift too. Or go into the Catalina Fund. You can do that too. All right. But, man, it, it is, it, it's a time where we are always just, you know, we're, we're busy. Our pockets get a little bit skinnier because, you know, we're excited. And, but, but here's the thing. As we're doing all the great things that come with Christmas, because I love Christmas. I love all the lights. We're, we're getting ready to put lights in my house and all that. We have to cut to the realization. We have to get back to here's the thing. Our focus needs to be on Christ. We're celebrating because of Christ's coming. We're celebrating because, man, because Jesus has been coming. He came over 2,000 years, died on the cross, rose, and we're celebrating because God loved us so much that he sent his son. So the next three weeks, we're going to focus more on who Christ is so that as we leave this place, we never stop looking to Christ. We'll never stop looking to Christ. We'll never stop looking through good, through bad times, through the stressful season. No, no, we're constantly looking towards Christ. We're looking towards Christ. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited for what God's going to do in the next couple of weeks. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah 9, verse 6. The whole series is going to based off of this. It's going to be based off of this verse. Isaiah 9, verse 6 says this. It says, for a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. One more time. The whole series is based off of this verse right here. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, prince of peace now when isaiah writes this you have to understand something israel was about to get taken over israel was going through some dark times but the lord began to speak to isaiah and isaiah prophesied this years and years ago before jesus ever came to the picture he said there's going to be a child that's going to be born and because of that child everything is going to change Isaiah was trying to get to people to understand, hey, I know it seems dark right now, but there's a light coming. And how many are grateful that we have the light today? Jesus says, I am the light. So if you are dealing with some darkness, just go to the light and you will find what you are looking for. And Isaiah gives himself and he gives the people of Israel an outline that me and you get to see in full color. While he had the outline and the expectation and the prophecy for it, me and you get to experience it today. That he is, and today we're talking about, the wonderful counselor and the mighty God. He is a wonderful counselor, the Bible says, and he's also mighty God. Wonderful counselor. What does that mean? He is, a, he is someone that is going to lead us and guide us. But also, here's what a counselor meant back in the Bible time. Counselor meant an advisor. 
Usually when someone was advising people for war, they called them counselors. So Jesus is the one that's going to lead us and guide us and advise us to fight back to whatever the devil's trying to do to us. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to save us. He came to restore us. But he came to lead us. And he came to show us the way so that we wouldn't die by our sins, so that we wouldn't be bound by our sins, so that we wouldn't be bound by the troubles of this world, so that you wouldn't live a stressful life for the next 30 years. No, no, Jesus came so that you can live a new life in him, so that you can be free, so that you can be whole, so that you can come through these doors and come in victory and leave in victory. So you wouldn't have to struggle the way you've struggled for the last 10 years. No, no, no. Jesus came and died to break that from your life. And that's the kind of God that we serve today, church. Amen. Yes. That's our counselor. That's our mighty God. And so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about who Jesus is based off of Isaiah 9-6. But he says, he, he calls him the wonderful counselor. Someone's going to lead us and guide us. If you have your Bibles, we'll see how Jesus does this. I want you to go to John chapter 10, three through five. It says this, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Can I tell you something, church? The loudest voice will lead you. The loudest voice in your life will be the one that leads you. And so Jesus, when, they're ta- when he's talking, he's saying, hey, my voice is going to lead you to better things. My voice is going to protect you. My voice is going to bless you. Jesus in that same chapter said that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come they may have life and life in abundance. So you have to understand, you have to ask yourself, who is the loudest voice in my life? Is it co-workers? Is it family? Is it my own voice? Who is the loudest voice? Because if we're going to follow the wonderful counselor and we're going to receive him as a gift, then we have to ask ourselves, is he the loudest voice in our life? Because the loudest voice will be the one that leads you. The loudest voice will be the one that leads you. And we're here, church. We're, we're here to, we have to recognize. We have to recognize the gift that we have in Jesus. Because we, don't, we will only receive what we recognize. That's the only way we'll do it. If I were to give you something and you didn't recognize it, you wouldn't receive it. If someone gave you a strange box and it didn't come from Amazon, you wouldn't open it. Maybe some of you would. But for the most of us, we wouldn't open it. If someone told you I cooked you a meal and you've never met them in your life, you would never eat it. Because you will only receive what you recognize. If you recognize Jesus as king, if you recognize him as savior, oh my gosh, you receive a lot more. You receive healing and you receive peace. You receive a voice that leads you to greener pastures. That's the kind of God that we serve. Who is the loudest voice in your life? Because the loudest voice will lead you. And Jesus describes himself as the shepherd. 
and we are the sheep. Jesus describes himself as a shepherd that protects his sheep. And that whole chapter, all Jesus does is he breaks down who he is to the people. Because in that time, farming was, a, was like the main thing. Shepherding sheep and all these things, that was the main thing. We don't, you know, if you own a farm out of this whole room, maybe one or two people would do that. But for the most part, we don't do that. But that was their lifestyle. And so Jesus is telling them, hey, you are the sheep, but I am the shepherd and I'm going to take care of you. He says, I am the gate. I'll lead you to the gate. I'll take care of you. And Jesus come, church, to be the wonderful counselor, the leader, the advisor, the guide to our life. And if we're not careful, church, if other things become the loudest voice, that is where we come to compromise. Because the devil will lead you to compromise what you're already committed to. The devil will twist God's truth so that you can live with trash. In Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve are in the garden and Satan comes in the form of a snake and he deceives Eve, what we don't realize is that God had already given them everything. God had blessed them. God had given them the, 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 everything was in their fingertips. But it took one voice to mess up the whole thing. Because the devil will get you to compromise. But God's voice calls you out for purpose. You have to understand the difference. The devil will get you to compromise on things. But God's voice will always call you out for purpose. God will always call you out for freedom. If you are constantly in the same habits, in the same track record, in the same addictions, in the same thing, then you have to ask yourselves, what voice am I leaning into? Who's leading who? Who's leading who? Who is leading you and who is leading me? Because if we are being led, church, by our emotions, anything goes. We are led by what we watch trouble comes. If we are led by the voices of people that don't know you, calamity comes and and issues come. But if we go back to the one, the wonderful counselor, and I thank God that not only is he a gift to us, but he gives us his word, it changes the course of our life. It changes everything for us. And so we have to ask ourselves, what am I filling myself with? Because how I fill myself, I also lead myself. If I'm constantly filling myself with trash, and I'm constantly filling myself with, with negative things, and I'm constantly filling myself with things other than God, then I'm going to get results other than God. But if I fill myself with his word, if I fill myself with his presence, if I fill myself with everything that God has offering me, then I experience everything that God has to offer for me. If you're lacking peace, you find it in him. If, you're, if wherever there is a lack, God is there to fill church. And I'm here to encourage you that as you come to the wonderful counselor, that you would understand that. That God would be the loudest voice in your life. And that you would funnel out what's fake. 
you would funnel out what's fake, that you would accept the truth of God, that you would accept his words over your words, over a friend's opinions, over the opinions of the internet, that his word would go far beyond what you're hearing. Because it's his word, church. Again, he says, I'm going to leave you to life and life in abundance. We don't serve a God that leads us to death. We don't serve a God that leads us to more problems and more sickness and more. No, no, no. We serve a God that leads us to life. Life, church. And Jesus said in John chapter, he says, I am the light. John 8, 12, he said, I am the light. When Jesus came into the picture, church, it was dark. Religion had taken over. People were missing out. Sickness is what was at its highest. But when Jesus comes, he comes and he destroys the works of the enemy. That's what Jesus comes to do. That's what Jesus is still coming. And that's what he's going to continue to do for your life. Go to 1 John 3, 8. 1 John 3, 8. says this but when people keep on sinning it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning but the son of god came to destroy the works of the devil but the son of god came to destroy the works of the devil but the son of god came to destroy the works of the devil So if you are getting a word other than God, then you are allowing the works of the devil to work in your life. But I thank God that he gives us grace and mercy that we can sit in this room and receive his word. And the the works that the devil has been doing gets destroyed today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The works of the enemy dies today in Jesus' name. Whatever's been trying to keep you bound, it dies today in Jesus' name. He said, I've come to destroy the works of the enemy. Church, if we're not, you have to understand something. Our ear is the gateway to our heart and to our soul. That's why Jesus constantly told the people, those that have ears, let him hear. That's why Paul says in Romans, we get faith by hearing, hearing the word of God. So it's important that we understand what we are listening to so that we could receive. If it's faith, we're going to receive it. If it's for our healing, we're going to receive it. But it comes by what we listen to. And so I'm here to let you know that if the wonderful counselor is coming to guide you, take a listen. Fill yourself up with his word. Whether you got to get into the word every single day, whether you got to find a podcast, whether you got to stay in prayer longer, Whatever it takes, but fill yourself up and funnel out what's fake. Because church, we live in a day now where things are getting worse and people are no longer wanting to hear the truth because the truth messes with their truth. But can I tell you something about the truth of God? Is the truth of God saves you from you. The truth of God's word will save you so that you don't die from yourself. Because we were the ones that let ourselves every single day 
we would never get anywhere. And we live in a society, church, in a culture nowadays that are having a hard time listening to the truth of God. They don't recognize God's truth. They don't recognize that God's there to bless them and help them and to transform them and to save them. They don't listen to them. They want to listen to something that is going to give them comfort but never challenge them. And the word of God comes to confront you so that you don't die by you. In fact, look what Timothy says in the book of Timothy, what Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4.3. It says, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and they will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. Doesn't it sound like not today a little bit? For a time, I'm going to read one more time for the people in the back. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their, their itching ears want to hear. Church, that's why I said we got to fun out what's fake. Because if we're not careful, we become that. Where all I want is for someone to feed what, des- what I desire. All I want is for someone to feed and agree with the way I feel. Regardless if it goes against God or it doesn't. Regardless if it makes me better or it doesn't. It's how I feel. That's what we see in social media. People say, live your truth. What is truth then to you? I would ask that person. Live, you know. It's constantly compromising what the word of God says. If, you really stu- if you're new here, if you really look at the word of God and you study it without any presuppositions, without any other feeling, without thinking of your tia that makes you mad because she's religious, without any of that. If you really stop to listen to what God has to say, you'll realize how transformative it is. You'll realize how life-giving it is. You want to know why the Jewish people had a hard time with Jesus? Because Jesus was trying to get religion out of them. They were oppressed by their own people, putting laws and things on them. And that's why they were sad and depressed. And so when Jesus would come to change the picture and give them a new way, Jesus never went against the law. He fulfilled the law. But he was trying to get them to understand Sure, you're trying to get the Jewish people to understand, hey, everything that you've been taught points back to me and I have already come. I've come. You don't got to do all these rituals for me to come. I'm here. That's why Jesus tore the veil when he died. Now me and you have access to the Father. We have access to the Father. But if he's going to be our wonderful counselor, church, if we're going to say, if we're going to recognize him and receive him, then my ears have to be attentive to what he says. Because I understand that he loves me. And out of love, he's going to tell me what I want. And he's not going to tell me what I don't want. When I, when I remember being growing up in sports, I had coaches 
that would cuss like a sailor and pray at the same time. It was the craziest thing. But if there was one thing I understood that made me a better athlete was me trusting what my coach had to say because he knew better. He saw things that I didn't see and he would call them out. And at the, be- and at the beginning, I didn't like it because nobody likes to be called out. It's uncomfortable, it's embarrassing, and it goes against your ego. But if you recognize when that person loves you because they want you to be better, then it's acceptable. Because you realize, you know what, this person loves me. And they don't want to see me fail. And they don't want to see me go another route. It's the same thing with the wonderful counselor. When Isaiah prophesies about the wonderful counselor, he's talking about Jesus leading the people out of their brokenness, out of their shame, out of the oppression by what they were going through during that time, it was Jesus leading them to something better. He was the Messiah church. They had been waiting for the Messiah and he came as the Messiah, but not everybody recognized him as one. So they don't receive him as such. Why do you think there are Jews now in this day that do not accept Jesus? They're still waiting for the Messiah. If you talk to a Jewish person, I'm talking about like a committed Jew, not some Jew in New York that thinks that they're Jew. Or someone here in Laredo that has no Jewish, just uh, they think they're Jewish, but they're not. They're Mexican, right? I'm talking about if you actually talk to a Jewish person, they will tell you and they will give you their reasons as to why they're waiting for the Savior. But God, but church, as we look to Jesus, our wonderful kind, as we recognize him, we receive what the word of God says. We receive what the gospel says. We receive his healing. We receive his power. We receive his peace. We receive it because we recognize him and our ears are attentive to his voice. If there's anything that you get from today, is this one thing. The loudest voice will lead your life. If you get nothing else, get that. That the loudest voice will lead your life. And the Bible in Isaiah says, he's a wonderful counselor. And he also says what? He's a mighty God. He is a mighty God. He's a mighty God. The Bible says this in Luke 4, 17 through 21. It says, the scroll of Isaiah, the one that we were talking about earlier, the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. And that time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you have just heard has been fulfilled this very day. You want to talk about a mighty God today, church? When Jesus came, he fulfilled that prophecy. When Jesus came, he fulfilled the prophecy that everybody else was waiting for. That everybody else was waiting to listen about. 
And Jesus is a G. He opens up the scroll, reads it, rolls back. He's like, all right, I'm here. One more time, the prophets. This is what I want you to hear. The spirit of the Lord, this is Jesus talking, is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. And that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Church, I don't know about you, but Jesus has come as the mighty God to give us good news. To give us the news. We're not waiting for bad news. We're not hoping that news would change. No, no. He came to give us good news. He came. He said, I came so that people that are poor would come to get the good news. People that are broken and bound would get good news. That their life doesn't have to stay that way. It's good news, church. He is mighty because he came and he was anointed to bring the good news. Not fake news, not empty promises, good news, church. That's why we come and that's why we, say, we sing songs like to worship you I live because we serve a God that has come to bring good out of bad. To bring healing out of sickness. To bring provision for those that are lacking. That's the God that we serve, church. A God that gives us good news. And if you've been hearing the wrong news for the past couple of months, I'm here to tell you, I'm here to let you know and encourage you. Listen one more time. Listen one more time. Trust one more time. Believe one more time. He says he came to give good news. And the Bible says he came to set us free. To set us free. To set us free, church. There's no better feeling than feeling free. There's no better feeling. I remember when I was in school and being there all those hours and when the, when the, when the, the bell rang and it was time to be done, there was a freedom that I felt. There was a freedom there. I remember my parents used to make me do certain chores. And the time was over. There was a freedom that I felt. There's no better feeling than being free. And maybe you're in this room and you feel like, Pastor Sam, I have been bound by things that I can't get free from. I'm here to encourage you, church. Today is your day. That Jesus has come so that you could be free. So you could be free from what has kept you bound. In fact, the Bible says this in John 8, 36. It says this. So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. If the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Church, there's nothing that the devil has done to you that God can't do something about. There's not one thing. The Bible says that in Matthew 15, 30, that he is present to heal. If you are bound by sickness, he is present to heal. If you are bound by the thoughts, you are, if you are bound, whatever it is, the Bible says a vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled, those who couldn't speak, and many others. They laid them before Jesus, and he healed them all. You want to talk about freedom? It's not just freedom from material things. It's not just freedom 
from people that you don't like. No, no, he said, I've, I've come so that you could be free and you could be healed by what's kept you back. We had prayer last Monday. And can I tell you something? It was an amazing time in God's presence. And I talked about us responding to faith because the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six that it is impossible to please God without faith. And that Jesus responds to faith. The Bible says that Jesus, in the King James Version, says that Jesus is present to heal them all. Jesus was in hiding. Jesus wasn't wandering around. He says that Jesus was present to heal them all. I'm here to encourage you, church, that Jesus is present for your need today. He is present for your need today. You can stand on your feet. He is mighty, church. Not because he's anointed. Not because he, 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 he is, you know, he's a cool person in the story. No, he is mighty, church. He's a mighty God because he does the impossible for his people. He is a mighty God from the Genesis all the way to Revelation. We see his mighty works because when the people of God had to deal with what they were dealing with, there was always a way out. When the Israelites were in slavery, he frees them. When the Israelites needed to walk through something, he makes way for them. When the Israelites were in the desert, they were hungry, he feeds them. Thousands of years later, when the Israelites again and the people of God are bound and depressed, he sends his son to die on the cross for me and you. He sends his son to shed light in the darkness. We're not just celebrating Christmas lights, even though those are nice. We're here to look at the light that extinguishes darkness. He's mighty because Paul says the best in Romans, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He's mighty because when we reject them, he loves us anyways. He's mighty, church, because he cares for your needs. He's mighty because he forgives you even when you don't forgive yourself. He's mighty, church. Back in the day, we used to sing a song I don't even know the name of the song. It used to be, it used, it used to go, uh, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. We used to sing that song all the time back in the day. I think it was Children's Church. I, I don't even remember. It was, right? It was Children's Church. There's like a lot of songs from Children's Church that I guess because I heard them so many times, they never left me. Which is a good thing because if your kids are in children's right now, they will never forget the things that they've learned. Amen. We serve a mighty God church that carries an overcoming power. That when he is present, demons leave 
people are delivered, people are healed. That's the kind of God that, that we serve. A wonderful counselor and a mighty God. And I say all this, church, because Christ wants to be present for your life today. He wants to be present to heal you. He wants to be present to give you direction. Maybe you're in this room and you're not dealing with sicknesses or anything like that, but you're saying, Pastor Sam, I need direction. He's present for that. If you're in this room, you're saying, Pastor Sam, you know what? I feel overwhelmed. I'm anxious. I'm stressed, whether it's work or you're a college student and you know, you got finals or you're a high school student you're dealing with you know there's so many things that people deal with I'm here to encourage you that he's present I'm also here to encourage you and to remind you that Satan cannot be wherever Christ is present why do you think every time Christ comes to a picture miracles happen why do you think when Christ steps into a situation the devil has to flee because Satan cannot be wherever Christ is present. And Christ is present here for you today. So that means the devil has to run. That means that... He's a wonderful counselor, church. He will lead you and he will guide you. And he will advise you. If your Bible says you lack wisdom, the Bible says to ask him and he will give it to you through the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth. All truth. The Bible says in the Gospels, it's the truth that sets you free. It's that truth. It's his truth. Church, we have a wonderful gift in Jesus. He's not just a wonderful counselor and a mighty God. He's a wonderful gift that we have this month to look to and to remember. And my prayer is that every, every Sunday as we come here and we go through the next two names that Isaiah describes them as, that she would leave encouraged and empowered to walk with that name. To walk with the understanding that, man, I got the wonderful counselor. If all else fails, I have Christ. If nobody, if all my friends were to leave me, I have the one thing I need. Jesus and I'm thankful for him thank you so much for joining our service and for listening to us we are located at 4519 East Del Mar Boulevard in Laredo Texas and we hope that you continue to be a part of our ICM family